0: Welcome to episode 43 of the Sales Influencer Series, the podcast where we interview the best and brightest minds on the cutting edge of B2B sales, marketing, and business leadership. My guest today is Senior Vice President at VaynerMedia, Mickey Cloud, who is coming on the podcast to tell the story of how VaynerMedia grew from being a 30 person company to having over 800 employees in just a few short years. Mickey was one of the very first hires Gary Vaynerchuk made. When he launched the company, and he's managed to scale the company now with a very interesting, very unique, but very well-defined culture and way of operations. Uh, we have a great podcast for you here today. I encourage everybody to listen to if you're interested in thinking about how business and culture should be defined in your company in 2018. So my name is Mickey Cloud. I'm senior vice president, uh, head of the Chattanooga office here at VaynerMedia. Um, We're headquartered in New York, offices in LA, London, and then Chattanooga. Uh, But I actually started up in the New York office, uh, like I said, when I joined in 2011, um, and was the 30th employee, the second one that had an agency background. So when I joined, we were very much a social media startup, um, selling community management, which was really just taking brands like um, the... New York Jets, at the time New Jersey Nets, uh, GE, some of PepsiCo brands, McCampbell's brands, and putting them on Facebook and Twitter, and then responding on behalf of the brand to consumers, putting out content in the early days of Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc. We've uh, since evolved quite a bit as a company. We're now a a uh, full-service digital-first advertising media marketing firm. Um, so we do everything from creative to strategy, to video production, to media distribution, to e-commerce, to internet of things, to, um, you know, voice Gary is obviously super huge on. Um, and so, yeah, we're kind of, we, our, our thesis is that, you know, the, the marketing funnel is still super relevant, right? You've got awareness, consideration, intent, uh, trial, purchase, loyalty, like that, that, that funnel still fits and it very much works. What we what we know about, that, what we think about that funnel is that it assumes you're paying attention to the message. It, that model assumes that if awareness is the first one, there's something we would argue even above awareness, which is you have to get the consumer's attention in order for them to understand your message and act on it. Mm-hmm. And so that's both, that's both B2C and B2B, right? So that's, that's, a you know, sales and marketing thing. Um, and, and we just think that we would rather invest our clients' time and money and resources and, and dollars into areas that we think are underpriced attention. Um and so where, you know, it's not we're saying we think TV's dead, we just think TV's overpriced. Yes. Um and so uh but things like Instagram influencers or Alexa um or Amazon, you know, optimized pages or Facebook video ads are underpriced. And so that's where majority of our client work is is creating the videos and the pictures and the words on those platforms that we think are right now underpriced for the amount of attention they're actually garnering versus the cost it takes to actually reach people and get your message on out to them. And the interesting thing, you know, for you guys is is you service mostly Fortune five hundred. Yeah, right? yeah. Like- so I mean, our you know core client is a Fortune 500, 1,000s. You know, size company um, that's spending millions and millions of dollars in marketing and, and in digital. Um, you know, we opened the Chattanooga office with the idea that we could figure out and kind of test and pilot. You know, high high growth companies, smaller companies, mid-sized companies. Um, but yeah, we're still absolutely kind of our our model is fit for kind of the Fortune five hundred. You guys have not only had the foresight to sort of bypass what the traditional thinking was about what you're selling, but also what you know, how to build a company that can really yeah. support that scale. So, yeah, I mean, you don't go from 30 people to 800 people without having a really strong culture and knowing, like, and, and just do it really fast. I mean, that's the thing is Gary as a CEO, as an operator, knows how to, like, put the pedal to the metal and, like, drive through the turn and the car is shaking, but you're, like, <laughs> still getting through that turn um, because he's, he's always, like, dictated culture from the top. And yes. so, um, and, and culture for us means having empathy. It means you know, being able to bring your full self to work. So we've always talked about, you know, w- wanting to know who you are outside of work, what your passions are, what your interests are, you know, what you like to do. Um, because we feel like if you're in, in your most comfortable self, um, you'll be your most productive self. And so we, we, we do a lot to make sure that, um, you know, you can feel uh, we're trying to eliminate politics. We're trying to eliminate ego. We're trying to eliminate all the things that hold you back, like you talked about. Um, and so, you know, you could be the best designer in the world, but if you're a jerk, like you're not going to last. If you, if you, you could be the smartest strategist in the world, but if you don't know how to get along with the other boys and girls in the sandbox, then like, we're going to kick you out. And so um, that takes, um, and I've seen it happen. I've seen like, you know, us fire those types of people um and you've got to be religious kind of about that um you can't let kind of it's like we've talked a lot about like sports team analogies you can't let like a locker room cancer um affect and like be like hang around you go back to your days before gary you were working at and one of the big you know you worked in the traditional (laughs) yeah i worked at three different advertising agencies over about a five-year span before i met gary and they were very um you know, a traditional advertising agency, which, um, you know, was siloed. Mm -hmm. Um, there was a creative department, there was an account department, a media department. And I remember not being able to be invited to brainstorms because I wasn't part of the creative team. Like Mm -hmm. there were very much walls kind of put around people. Um, and then, uh, it was also, I was, it was, during a time I was working, I'd always, I've worked my entire career in digital marketing, but you know, in the early days that was doing banner ads and websites and search engine marketing and things like that. Um, but even back then, uh, when I was working on an integrated campaign or when my own agency was responsible for that integrated campaign, everything revolved around the television, television commercial. <laughs> and it's not saying, and like I said, we don't think the television commercial dead. We just think it's overpriced and, Um, but especially back in 2009, 10 and 11, I mean, at that point, my mom got TiVo in 1999 and I had been (laughs) fast forwarding through commercials for a decade. And, you know, by 2009, 10, 11, smartphones really started to hit scale. And I could see, you know, every day going into meetings that people are on their phones, you know, their heads are down or, you know, when they're on the subway, they were, they were, you know, looking at their phones. And, um, I just knew that, there's got to be a way we can communicate and do advertising on that device. That's not like a pop-up, you know, mobile ad that just annoys you <laughs> and you have to exit right. out of it, you know, because your thumb's so big um, compared to the little X. And and I knew that um, social was also something that uh, was on the rise. And it, But people weren't respecting the amount of time and effort and craft it takes to actually create content and, and deliver media on those platforms. Um, and, and I would say even today, like when we work with... Big clients, or most of their money is still going to TV. And it's Mm -hmm. why, I mean, you've seen, like, there's some stat out there, like 94% of the top 100 or of the top CPG brands in the US have lost share over the past several years. And it's not to each other, it's to, like, the death by a thousand cuts. It's like, I think the Wall Street Journal had an article out, it was called, like, the ankle biters. (laughs) And, like, and that's because, like, direct to consumer brands have been able to pop. And it's because they've been using, Digital tactics, Facebook ads, Instagram influencers, you know, YouTube, uh, to grow their brands um, and 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 deliver real sales um, and 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 not and and have to justify every dollar that they spend. Whereas, you know, when you're working in a corporate environment, yeah, that's your media budget, but you know, you would your the incentives aren't set up for you to experiment on you know different digital channels because um, you know, they just are trying to hit their bonuses on, and and, it, and no one's going to blame you for using the same playbook that you used from yep. 2012 or 13 or 14, even though the market's changed by 2018. Let's talk about, really, from the top down, you know, what has enabled you guys to to have this, this speed-based culture, I guess, that's desiloed and depoliticized? Yeah, and play- I mean, it comes a little bit from the fact that Gary when he started the agency, he had zero days of agency experience, um, and never had worked on Madison, like the proverbial Madison Avenue. Um, mm-hmm. so he didn't know how agencies were on that. I remember <laughs> in our interview, he was asking me not like, what do you think is a good strategy for brands on Facebook? It was, what are you, what do you charge clients? Like, what are your hourly rates? Like he was like using me to try <laughs> to understand like how do other agencies operate <laughs> what's, the business model? Yeah, yeah. what's the business model because he didn't know he'd just been starting it and he just kind of was starting to figure things out um he's obviously way more uh in tune with kind of what the agency ecosystem is but i think having a little bit of that naivete at the beginning and him bringing and having a foot in the silicon valley in the um you know entrepreneurial space uh we're, we were able to bring some of the philosophies of you know, fail fast and often, and, and 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 all of those types of things to an agency model. Um, so I, I definitely think that. Um, and then part of it is just like we Gary is is such a long term thinker. So mm-hmm. Gary is not uh, like a we're independent, privately held, and have no intention of selling, or he doesn't have any intention of selling to like a big holding company. And he always tells me like. If if I do like get out right now because like it's only like that's gonna be the day we're gonna start on our, our decline, um, and it's through that long term vision uh, that allows him to make decisions and allows us as a company to make decisions that maybe aren't in our financial best interest short term, but we know are right by the culture. Um, yeah. You know, early on in the 2012, 13, 14 time frame, we were up in New York. Um, you know, we would hire ahead of need. Mm-hmm. So before, you know, we, we knew we had prospects on third base and we'd hire when they were on third base, not when it was the contract was signed, because we knew that a, we had a lot of word of mouth. And we also had Gary, who's just a big new business machine. And like, he can, he's a great salesman. And so, you know, we would hire people ahead of that new client coming in, but if it didn't come in, you know, we knew there would be another one in the next day or the next week or the next month. And so we could just Hold those people and have them work on the other, you know, the, the second account that came in. And so it's, it was things like that that helped us scale quickly, and, and but also like keep uh, the culture. As the you know the pillar of what we were what we were doing yeah so it sounded like you know obviously he got into the model because it was working he tried it you know yeah. he saw what video did for for wine library yep yeah, yeah. First, so he, first company and then he he was bought into the long term it was a mix of analytics and then like got intuition mm-hmm. on like back and Gary and AJ his brother is the co founder and like the leadership team at the time um, and, and it's interesting too because the what's unique about kind of our approach to the marketplace is that you know, because Gary's not trying to sell to a big holding company, like our actual ambition is to start buying brands through private equity or other activities of our own. And then we're going to have VaynerMedia be the marketing machine for that brand. And so we think most, most P's done where a you know, brand gets bought. You're trying to make it more efficient. You're downsizing, you're stripping things away to make it more efficient and cost you know, and productive. Whereas we're going to say, no, let's just market that brand better and grow top line revenue um, and see if we can flip the brand based on on that and so um, that vision is really unique in the space there's not a lot of agencies that are talking about like not wanting to sell another company because they want to buy companies one day Mm -hmm. you need a lot of capital to do that gary's got access to that kind of thing so that the the long-term ambition of the company allows us to um do things like hire a guy Patrick Givens, who's on who's the head of our Vayner Smart team. You know, two and a half years ago, before, knowing that one day that would pay off, whether that was connected packaging or Internet of Things, or but it was actually Alexa that came out, and Alexa skills became oh. like the thing that you know made an investment in him early on. You know, a huge part of, of our business now. I mean, we're, we're doing a, a lot of great revenue and 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 some great projects through. Developing, you know, being a, an Amazon preferred partner for Alexa development and things like that. The so like, high growth companies, they come in, they get, a lot of them get back venture capital money. Yep. And then they get, they have this pressure to grow, 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 and they yep. end up losing their. That's what kills the culture, is this, like grow at all costs. You guys, though, almost seem to know the long game thinking yep. was the key. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I mean, we, you know, it was also no. we we weren't venture-backed. It was all like bootstrapped by Gary and AJ and their own money. And then, you know, he took the number one rule, which is like grow top-line revenue, find customers, find revenue. Like, you know, in the early years, we would only do annual retainers. And so that, you know, at least let you have a certain amount of revenue you knew you could count on while we went and hired more people or grew and things like that. And so, and and it really did kind of come down to, um, you know, the other part of it is when we were out there hiring, trying to find talent, you know, we were selling a company that, you know, you couldn't find someone who had 25 years of social media strategy (laughs) or experience, like it just hadn't been around that long. And so we were looking for people with a certain set of skills, but also we were looking for people that were going to have, um, you know, the same values and, and would become an addition to our culture. Um, and, and, you know, that was a, a key part of kind of, making sure that we could sustain the high growth and that we wouldn't fall apart when, yeah, you were going to have to work a little bit more because we have these awesome opportunities coming our way. Let's get into like the whole ethos when it comes to hiring, when it comes to like retention, when it comes to even like like codifying that down yeah. to the rest of the organization. So it's- we don't have like a handbook that's like, these are the VaynerMedia media. <laughs> values or things are, you know, things like that. I think we might be working on one. I think we've, you know, we're a big enough company now that we probably should have something <laughs> like that. But in the early days, it was literally just, you know, you looked for personality traits and you looked for, you um, looked for people that had passion. We looked for people who were curious, who were smart, but that were, um, you know, that brought maybe a different perspective into the workplace. So diversity of perspective, as well as diversity of, you know, backgrounds and things like that. You know, we were hiring, uh, you know, comedians to come in and be copywriters and things like that. Or we were, you know, hiring data scientists to come in and help work on our analytics team and things like that, that were, you know, maybe they'd never worked at an agency before, but we didn't care about that. We knew that they had a skill and they had, uh, you know, personality traits that were going to translate well. And then it was just, you know, dictated from the top in terms of Gary and AJ, but then also leadership is that, you know, he wanted, he wanted to make, people feel as comfortable as possible at the company mm-hmm. um, so that they would trust that we were actually looking out for their best interests. Mm-hmm. And so it's something we like we he, you know, he talks to some of our leadership principles or things that he would give me feedback on when I started managing more and more people was, you know, your three priorities should be your team, the consumers of the client's products and on the platforms that we care about. And then your client, uh, because if you take care of the first two things, you're going to take care of the third one as a as a byproduct of that. And and really specifically to give like a tangible example of what that means, I mean, I can use my I'll use myself as an example, and I'll I can talk about some other people as well. But like in my first interview with Gary, my first meeting with him, he asked me where he, where I saw myself in five to ten years. Um, I was like, well, I don't know, probably working with brands or startups somewhere in the southeast. Um, and he was like, wait, why? Like he's a New York, New Jersey guy. Like he couldn't understand why we grew up. That's the greatest city in the world, center of the universe or anything like that. Like, so we start talking a little bit more about that, you know? And so I was talking about, you know, I was from Charlotte. Um, but by the end of the conversation, he looked at me and said, uh, if you can give me four years in New York and do the things that I think you can do and, and I'll do the things I, I think I can do. We'll get you back to the Southeast in four years. And then four years later, in summer 2015, we opened the Chattanooga office. And so like, it was super weird in the moment because I was like, A, who is this guy that he could even say that? Um, I had never heard of him before I met him for the first time. Um, and then two, why do I believe him? Like, I really felt in that moment and that's that he's a good salesman, right? So like, <laughs> I, I knew in the moment that like, huh, why do I believe that? And so, you know, like there were caveats to that and everything like that. But I mean, it it, it really like, he was asking about what's my longest term ambition and how can he, map an opportunity to that. And so some people have come in and said, you know, my longest term ambition is to own my own company. One day, Adam Vasquez, one of your Mm -hmm. good friends, and you've been on his startup show and everything like that. He came, like we hired him in, uh, you know, end of 2015, start of 2016. Uh, but he always, in, in the interview process, he always talked to us about like wanting to be an entrepreneur and like wanting to, to one day own his own company and things like that and I would say in his year and a half at VaynerMedia, um, you know, before he le- left and when he started his own company, um, he was able to, to, you know, learn some things and, and, and definitely grow as a marketer and as an operator and things like that. But we were told when he came to me and said like, Hey man, I want to, want to go start my own thing. I, I think I've, I've gotten what I what I want. I want to go do this on my own. It was like, "Great. Yeah, of course. Like let's stay in touch. Like let's what can we do to help?" And like that's not just me saying that. It's also like you got Gary and his resources. Gary was on his show a couple, you know, months ago. Like so we really do care about like what do people want for themselves? And and how are those wants and needs going to change over time? Yeah, uh, because what I wanted when I first met Gary, you know, at that age is different than what I want now. And as long as he and I have that open dialogue and and, and also, also with Claude Silver, who's our chief heart officer who kind of like oversees the people and experience team, which we don't use the word HR for a very specific reason. <laughs> um, Cause it's more, you're not just a human resource, you're a person and you have an experience. And so um, that's, that stuff is really important to us. And, I, and it's what, and I've, I've always like been a big believer of that because it just makes coming to work more fun. It makes it more, uh, you, you understand, like you kind of have a collective, you know, a collected, you want that to win. You want to like root for that. You want to do your best for that because you know, it's going to benefit you personally, or there could be opportunities down the line where, um, it could work out. It's interesting. So you, I mean, you talk about creating comfort and trust. This is unrelated. But I was thinking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs yeah. uh, last night. It kind of sounds like you guys. That's really the yeah. <laughs> what you're solving. Yeah, Claude's a like her mom was a psychiatrist, and it's what it's like so she grew up you know on the couch with her. And so she talks about that all the time. It's, it's pretty funny. That's something. It's funny. That's the Ambition. We like our our software is trying to solve for sales salespeople specifically. I'm not trying to plug us, but it, yeah. it is. When you have the base thing, you talk about comfort and and feeling like uh, you're being empowered. It's We talk about with getting rid of silos yep. and um, being given the opportunity to, to do different things and operate. In, in and also types. give people like, I mean, I was relatively young when Gary gave me like a leadership position. We believe in like putting people who maybe don't have a ton of experience, but giving them like throwing them into the deep end, giving them that, that at bat and seeing if they can sink or swim. And like, we think there's an acceleration of uh, development that can happen that route. And obviously like you give them a safety net. So they're not going to like completely fall flat on their face. But if you can give someone that at bat, then great. And and that will help them grow faster. They'll be more valuable to company, more productive. Um, and so it's a, yeah, it's a, I mean, we, I think a, a big part of Gary's story that is not talked about is his approach to management of an organization and culture building. And he's talked more about it in the past year. And, and Claude's been out on, on podcasts and things like that, and she's out there kind of telling that message. But it's certainly not the first thing you think about when you think of Gary. No, this <laughs> is amazing. This actually, it's it's incredible. Let's talk about the. To operation operation. How do you, how do you execute that? Like in terms of like, how do you not have sellers? Yeah, it's people, it's you break. I mean, we, you're obviously going to have to have process, you know, as you grow and as you scale. Um, but we were a company that did not like process in the very early days. (laughs) It was always just like, go get in a room with a whiteboard and figure out the solution for the client, the idea, the brainstorm, whatever, and just go get it done and like move quickly. Um, and so, And then other times it's been taking that process and breaking it and saying, you know what, this this isn't working. It worked for us at 300 people, but it's not working for us at 700 people. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I think, I think it's a, it's also communication. You've got to feel like, you know, another one of the principles we always talk about is that stress should always go up. Mm -hmm. So like in the moment, if you and I were having a conversation and I disagreed with something you said or disagreed with the direction we were going in, like be the nicer person, be the bigger person in the moment and be like, Hey, like, you know, let's, let's, let's do it your way and let's try that out or, or whatever. Or just be you know, collaborative in that moment. But then, you know, go talk to your manager, your supervisor outside of that moment and say, Hey, I didn't really appreciate this. Like, what do you think I could have done better? Or can you help me work with that person? Um, so that I don't get put in that situation again, but the stress should always go up. And so like, we talk about being optimistic and positive and bringing those emotions to the table. It's one of the earliest pieces of advice that Gary and, at the time, our managing director gave me was I have resting serious face. So like when I'm at the office and we're an open floor, there's no cubes, there's no offices. And when I'm on the floor, like I can look not approachable because I'm like heads down in the zone working on an email or a presentation or you know something like that. And they're like, remember to smile more like remember to like show off your personality more like do that and um and like cuz cuz people are going to take their cues from you as a leader of how they should behave, behaving, mm-hmm. be behaving behaving so that's something i talk about all the time with our teams like positivity and optimism are huge characteristics of what we care about and you might be having the worst day in the world and that's fine like go take a walk go home like it, it, we don't actually you know, if if you're not feeling great or if you're not having your best day, like that's okay. Mm-hmm. We're not going to say like you have to slap a smile on your face and not deal with that. Like, go take time for yourself, make yourself better, and then you know come back uh, when you're when you're ready to row. That's, that's better than being the you know be a robot. You know, right? <laughs> and, exactly. And <clears throat> so, how do you guys like as far as hiring people and you talk about like from a diversity standpoint? Yeah, what are you guys doing? Yeah. That, how's that factor? In? I mean, it's a, it's a huge part. And it's something that we have made a much bigger, put a much bigger emphasis on in the past two, three years in terms of <clears throat> um, hiring for inclusion. Uh, and and it's not to say we weren't doing it in the first five years of the company, um, but we've been very intentional about it, I would say. Um, and it's, it's not just looking for oh, you're a different race than me or, you know, <laughs> things like that. Like, yes. it's looking for a diversity of perspectives, but it is about looking, you know, we want there to be um, leadership positions that are filled by people of color, minorities, women, you know, LBGQT, like whatever, like all, yeah. all of it, and, and it, because we want, so for when the entry-level per, entry person comes in, they can look up to that person and say, hey, like, there's someone who has achieved that I can, I can go there. I and mean, we just hired a, a chief client officer who, you know, she's 25 year vet or, you know, plus, and, and, and has a ton of great experience. Um, and, and, Claude's, you know, a, a another female, really strong female leader. Um, and I, I think that's so important because I mean, I think we're over 60% or like over 50% female in the, in the company. Um, and, and yeah, it's just, it's something that we, Care a lot about, and we've been putting more practices into place to make sure that we're bringing in, you know, not just talent at of, of all walks of life, but also putting them into into leadership positions. Yeah, that's the cool thing. <laughs> You're, you've got, you know, I guess you just, we talked about that the Reddit hire. I guess the guy Yeah. that you know, Yeah, so there's yeah you know, that ends right, and then you got the twenty five year veterans. So he's going out to game two for the. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's important too because we've reached maturity as an agency where we need people who have sat across the table from, you know, a, a CEO or a board member and, and been able to talk high-level strategy. Um, but Gary's never going to lose, you know, a, like a chance to hire a hustler. And if they can hack his attention, like, um, I don't even know the designer's name. Uh, that's bad of me. But he made a video that said, like, you know, here's his design skills. And he made a rap about his design skills and that he put it on Reddit, he put it on YouTube and then like threw it on Reddit and Reddit just exploded with it. And he got like a meeting with Gary and was hired like, you know, a week later. It makes sense in terms of the company ethos. <laughs> yeah. So the honey empire is kind of Gary's for in the company's term, uh, of how we describe our culture and our ambition. So we want to build an empire. We want to build like the best marketing machine out there, like all time. Great. Like that's the ambition. Um, But the way we're going to do it is through honey over vinegar. And so meaning that like, yeah, I might have to give you tough or critical feedback, but I'm going to do it in a positive manner. I'm going to do it in a way that like we talk about giving, we talk about radical candor and that's obviously not like a term we came up with or anything like that, but it's a philosophy we very much believe in that, the act of giving feedback, even critical feedback, it's not about putting someone down or it, it, it's an act of care. It's, it, it's, Hey, I want to make sure you understand where I'm coming from and what the expectation of you is and why you're not meeting that so that in the future, you know what to do differently, or do we need to we identify gaps? You need to help training with. Um, so uh, you know, but doing that with a touch of empathy and a, a human come, you know, touch and not, um, you know, just a, Hey, you're not getting the job done. And, you know, that's the end of that conversation. I think Gary, he often talks about how he, he dislikes how Steve Jobs was put on a pedestal for obviously growing a huge, huge, amazing company. Um, but doing it by yelling at people and, and, and being ferocious towards them, uh, to, to bring out their best. We'd rather do it by, being the best people to each other mm-hmm. and bring out the best that way. I see why you guys have. Right, <laughs> coming retention, like as far as like growing, like scaling up. We've definitely gotten more, a little more traditional as we've grown in that sense. Like there's certainly still departments, and there's career growth roadmaps that we'll put people on, and you can, you're going to be go from an account supervisor and then to uh, you know a, an account director, and from an account director to a VP group account director, and like so there is still a a path that you can move forward. But we're also, if you know, we've had people who have been in the media department who are like, hey, I wanna go work on the Vayner talent team, which is our personal branding. It's a new division. So, yeah, cool. Or I'm on the account team, but I wanna go work in production. Like those types of moves we're super open to, especially at the younger, more junior levels, yeah. um, because we think diversifying their skill sets gonna be an important part of of them growing. And so, you know, a lot of times, but it's even happened with our SVPs. So Kim Garcia is, um, an SVP of Vayner experience, but she was in a account client services role for the first five years at the company. And in the last not, but you know, she's at the end of last year, she came to Gary and was like, I'm bored. Like I want another challenge. And so they came up with Vayner experience, which is a new division around event marketing and and our owned events and conferences that we're going to put on and things like that. And, um, and, you know, she was able to have that conversation with him and cool. They found a new thing for her to go run and do. Um, and, and so I think it's all, it's communication. It's back to like, okay, mm-hmm. as long as you're communicating, and we're not like perfect, right? Like we're going to have, um, we're going to, you know, maybe we, we didn't make someone enough of priority and, and, and what they were, you know, uh, whatever their concerns were, were, are not, True. you know, uh, mm-hmm we move fast enough for them. And so they end up leaving the company or something like that. You're going to have that along the way, but we like to think of it in the net net score. Like how are we doing overall? And and, and that's where we feel pretty positive. So super practically, I mean like it's uh, you, you as a manager, as someone who is responsible for other people's growth, um, you have to be available mm-hmm. at all times. Right. So like right. I'm, you know, if I have a team member who texts me at 10 PM on a, Sunday night or on a Tuesday night, like I, I, I'll be there for them. Um, but then it's also like, yeah, I mean, I, I give, I have, I mean, obviously like I report into now our chief client officer, Andrea, but, um, you know, Gary and, and Claude as the CEO and CHO, you know, I send them weekly updates on like everything that's going on in the Chattanooga office. Um, but, I also texting them, you know, anytime I want. And sometimes that might go three weeks without any text communication. And sometimes it's like, I've talked to Gary four times in one day. Tell people where they can learn more about VaynerMedia and, and VaynerMedia Chattanooga specifically. Yeah. So I'm on Twitter and LinkedIn. And it's just like at Mickey cloud, um, and Instagram and all that good stuff. <clears throat> um, but VaynerMedia, just VaynerMedia.com, uh, is probably the best place to go to, uh, we are, the Chattanooga team's got, got some cool stuff that we're launching and we're launching a podcast ourselves. Um, we're going to be, we've got like a, a bi-monthly video kind of series that we're going to be doing, putting up on YouTube and Facebook and things like that. So there, we're definitely going to be producing a lot more content about what we're doing out of the Chattanooga office. So we'll definitely, uh, I guess, just be on the lookout for that.